Wisdom redeems the time as, and is informed by God's will. Wisdom redeems the time and is informed by God's will. If now, give you some context. Lisa and I were married young. Lisa was 19, I was 21, it was all legal. <laughs> but we got married so young that we just didn't know what we didn't know, right? And so we lived in Surrey, but we both worked at a church in New Westminster, right at 22nd Street, Connaught Heights Pentecostal Assembly. It's where we cut our teeth, so to speak, in vocational ministry. And because we lived in Surrey, and we had to commute all the way to New Westminster, we often would stop at the Little Tim Hortons first thing in the morning, grab a bagel and a coffee before getting to the office. We did a very poor job of packing a lunch, and so we would go out and grab a quick bite to eat. And then on top of that, we also had many kind of evenings where we had ministry happening at the church, and so it made no sense to drive all the way home just to eat and then drive all the way back, and so we would pop out for a quick bite. And then one day, I had the bright idea. It was June, finances were tight, as they are when you're cutting your teeth in ministry. <laughs> and so I had the idea, let's sit down and let's go over May, and let's add up, let's add up what it costs us every time we ate out. It was so much money. Like it was actually kind of unbelievable. And if you've ever been in a place in your life where you didn't budget and you kind of just wondered where your money went, that's where we were in that moment. And we took a look and it was so sobering looking at that number, hundreds of dollars in May, just May eating out. And so we made the decision, let's stop. Well, we, we tried our hardest to stop for the morning coffee. It happened less frequently. But we would bring our lunch, we would try to bring dinner, or we would just wait until we got home that evening to make dinner late. And so we changed our kind of way of living. And what happened? It was almost like getting a raise. It was amazing. Who'd have thought, right? Revenue expenses, bring your expenses down, you got more revenue, you got more money. And it was almost like getting a raise, but what did we do? We redeemed the finances we already had, right? We didn't have more money, we were still getting paid the same, but we redeemed the finances by changing our attitude and our behavior. And for us, it allowed us to keep going in ministry. If we had not made that change, we would have been underwater and we would have quit. We would have pulled the plug. Today, I want to convince you that the same concept can be applied to time. How much time do you have? How much time do you have? Are we all on equal footing in terms of the resource of time? Right? Lord willing, you're going to make it to midnight today. 
That's that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> and we're all going to have had the same amount of minutes in the day. I believe if you're taking notes, write this down. Wisdom redeems the time as and is informed by God's will. Wisdom redeems the time and is informed by God's will. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be going into verse 15. For those of you that are new with us, we're in a series through the book of Ephesians right now. So we're kind of just taking this journey together, learning together, growing together. If you're online and if you don't have a Bible, visit myevangel.church forward slash Bible. We'd love to get a Bible into your hands right now so you can follow along as well. But here's what it says. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Lord, as we turn to your word, Holy Spirit, we recognize and acknowledge your presence here with us. You are the one that leads and guides us in truth. Though we walk in an intellectual way, a critical way, but Lord, you are the one who brings revelation to our hearts and to our minds. You are the one who connects the dots for us in our soul. So Holy Spirit, would you do just that today? Would you change us, refine us, renew us in our minds today? In Jesus' name, amen. Wisdom redeems the time. And is informed by God's will. So, so let's start with wisdom. When I looked up wisdom in the dictionary, this is what I found. And I was actually kind of surprised. I was surprised at the definition. Wisdom. The quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. The quality of being wise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, let's stand together. Let's take some time to kind of just consider, to reflect, and to sing the praises of God. There are plenty of people who have lived experiences that tell them to do one thing and they do another. They have the knowledge. They have the experience. They have the know-how. They understand this equals this, and yet somehow they still do this and it equals this. That's, not, that's knowledge. That's knowledge and understanding. That's not wisdom. Wisdom, keyword is the application of knowledge. The living out of good judgment. You know, we have an endless access to knowledge today. You pull out your phone. I mean, you have all the knowledge you need. You got like almost all the knowledge outside of the incomprehensible nature of God. And yet few walk in wisdom in applying that knowledge to their very lives, to their day-to-day, to redeeming the time they've been given. Have you ever been there? Someone shares their crisis or their crossroads with you, right? Someone comes to you and they're going through a hard time and they tell you what's going on. 
Who's ever been there where you, you hear them talking and you see the emotion and you see all the stuff and you can see so clearly the decision and the wise thing and the path that they should take. And they seem to be blind to it. And yet how many times when we go into crisis mode, we just can't seem to know where to go and what to do and how to do it and why to do it. Sometimes wisdom means calling in others to give us perspective, to help us redeem the time we've been given. The ability to judge correctly and apply the best course of action based on past experiences, knowledge, and sound judgment. It's the application of these three that make you truly wise. But let's take this a step further. Because now we have to ask the question, what is wisdom from a biblical worldview? A biblical perspective. What is wisdom? And to do that, I want to start with where wisdom begins. When you read the scriptures, where does it tell us wisdom begins? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. This is such an interesting concept. This is found in Proverbs 9.10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. To know God is to have knowledge. To know the character and the nature and the goodness and the heart of God is to know in this world. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. And I love the next part because it kind of speaks to the ROI here. The return on investment. Verse 11, For through wisdom your days will be many and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Now, there's many kind of debates out there of what Solomon means by fearing the Lord. What does that mean? Uh, there's some that will say literal fear, literal trembling. Every time we see someone interact with God's presence in the scriptures, through revelation, through a vision, whatever it may be, we see that they fall on their face as though dead. There's an absolute visceral response to a human being in the presence of God. Others would argue, no, this is talking about more reverence and respect. I would argue that there's no argument. It's both and. Because every time that we see a revelation of one falling before God as though dead in his presence, we see him lean down and he invites us into relationship. So it begins with fear, but it very quickly turns to this place of absolute awe and reverence for his presence. And so we start with the raw magnificence and the majesty of a perfect and holy God. And in that moment, we realize that he is king. That's why it's the beginning of wisdom. Because we've given a revelation of who he is and then who we are in comparison and our deep need for the Savior that brings us together. And so this is, the, this is the path of the Christian. This is the path of wisdom. But wisdom is also living in light of his holiness. Notice Paul's ad admonition here. Verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, 
Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. What are we doing when we choose to live in light of his holiness? What does that, what does that mean? We are adopting a new worldview. We've been talking about this for weeks. We are reshaping our perspective, our mind, the way in which we see the world around us because our eyes have been unveiled with the truth of God. Through Christ Jesus, revealed by the Spirit, taught to us through the Scriptures. And we're adopting this new world view. Now, I started this sermon talking about some of our worst moments in our young married lives. But Lisa, today, is an amazing budgeter. Like, amazing. She almost does it as a hobby. She has about three or four different budgets going on, depending on what our life is happening, what's going on, what we're pursuing, what we're kind of prioritizing. It's crazy. I don't get it. I stay out of it. She takes care of all the finances. And I love it because she does such a brilliant job, such a great job. But have you ever asked the question, what is a budget? What, what is a budget? Like, like pragmatically, yes, a budget is like at the surface level. A budget is revenue versus expenses. Let's tell our money where to go. Right? We predecide. We predecide how we're going to spend our money or how we're going to save our money. But a budget's so much more than that. If you dig a layer deeper, a budget is predeciding where your finances go based on what you value and what your goals are for the future. That's what a budget really is. A budget is a reflection of your values. Now, everyone has a budget. Whether you sit down and write one out, whether you're intentional with it or not, you have a budget. Your money goes somewhere. And your money typically chases your values. You want a good understanding of your values? Take a look at your bank account. Add up those expenses and see where it goes. For some, that'll be a sobering moment. For others, you'll be pleased because it reflects who you are and what you're pursuing. But if you can't clearly articulate those values and goals for the future, you won't be able to redeem the revenue you have. If you can't clearly articulate what your values are and what your money serves you for, then it'll just go. We've all been there. And the same goes for the budget of our time. Paul speaks to time as a resource. Redeem the time. So how do we clearly articulate the values of how we're going to spend the days that we have. Well, part of this has already been done for us. We're adopting a new worldview, and that's not determined by us. Some of the values and some of the things that you are called to pursue now in Christ Jesus are not determined by you. They're actually you submitting your life to something bigger than you, to his way, to his beliefs to who Jesus is, 
to his pursuits, to his mission, building his kingdom. And so in some ways, this has already been done for us. We just need to discover it in God's word. What are the values and how we're going to spend the days we've been given? And what's the goal for the future? What's your goal for the future? Like, strip it all away. And I don't care what season of life you're in. Strip it all down. Strip it away. What is your goal for the future? Well, Scripture helps us with that too. Paul speaks to it. As he talks about running the race. And that blessed day when he steps into the presence of his Savior and he hears the words, well done, good and faithful servant. That's our vision of a preferred future, friends. That's what we're pursuing. That moment of the greatest affirmation you will ever receive from Jesus. Well done good and faithful servant. And so these things inform the way in which we live today. How we can redeem the time we've been given. Wisdom redeems the time and is informed by God's will. But to leave it right here would be so incomplete. John Stott writes, His general will is found in Scripture. The will of God for the people of God has been revealed in the Word of God. But we shall not find his particular will in Scripture. To be sure, we shall find general principles in Scripture to guide us, but detailed decisions have to be made after careful thought and prayer and the seeking of advice from mature and experienced believers. So let's explore this. What about the kind of more nuanced places of decision making? Because not every decision is necessarily between right or wrong. Sometimes there's a whole lot of options in this world, right? There's a whole lot of options. And very ethical, moral, good things in this world. And sometimes walking in wisdom is the difference between walking in what's good or what's best for your life and for your calling and for the purpose God has uniquely called you to. I think Andy Stanley probably does the best job of giving us a little bit of clarity. He gives us a great clarifying question. Some of you will have remembered this from a series years ago that he did. But I I haven't found anything quite as good as this to kind of bring some clarifying perspective to our lives. He says this, Based on your past experience, present circumstances, and future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Not as the right thing to do, not not what is the wrong thing to do, what is the wise thing to do? Based on your past experience, your present circumstances, and your future hopes and dreams, when making a decision, what is the wise thing to do? And this is such a great filter for us. And in doing this, we begin to clarify the values that help you pre-decide how you're going to spend your time. Because that's what a budget is. Pre-deciding how you're going to spend your time. 
And you begin to think thoughtfully about the destination and what we can do today to take steps towards it. Where do you want to be in 10 years? Where do you want to be in your faith? Where do you want to be in your family? Where do you want to be personally? Like, what are you pursuing? Allow the Holy Spirit to give you a clear picture of that. What are you pursuing? What is the purpose? What is the mission that God has set before you? I was recently challenged by a ratio that kind of made me think a lot about how I spend my time. Um, it's a ratio from a businessman named Brian Tracy, and it's the Eve ratio, E-V-E ratio. Entertainment versus education. In his book, he claims that for every minute spent on education, the average person spends 50 minutes on entertainment. That's the ratio for the average person. For every one minute of education, 50 minutes of entertainment, the EVE. And this concept really kind of challenged me because I had to do a bit of a budget check on my time. I had to kind of think thoughtfully about where am I spending my time? Is it predominantly entertainment? Or is it kind of balanced? And friends, unfortunately, it was out of balance. It was out of whack, way out of whack. And I kind of renewed a vision in myself. What would the future look like if I began to flip that equation in my life? If the education side, the study side, the growth side was greater than the entertainment side. And there's value to entertainment, friends. I'm not against entertainment. I'm not. I can binge, I can binge a show like the, the best of them. I'm not against entertainment. But how can we redeem the time in those areas of our lives? Because we've all been given the same time. And here's what wise people understand. Wisdom redeems the time. Good practices, clarity of values, understanding where you're going redeems the time and is informed by God's will. So let me ask you a question. Where in your life is the Holy Spirit prompting you to apply wisdom? Where even in this moment is he prompting you to apply wisdom, to evaluate, to consider where you can redeem the time that you've been given? Where in your life do you need to clarify your values and your goals and your picture of a preferred future? I would challenge you, take time with that. I see, I see some people who are young in this room. You're not going to have all the answers. Some of it just comes from life, living, and experience that will help you clarify but take a season, take a moment, take a breath, take a step back and clarify your values. Predecide today what your priorities are going to be. And that'll go such a long ways in helping you walk in wisdom. Because here's the hard truth if you don't redeem the time, you'll lose it. We all do. That is a universal truth. If you don't redeem the time, you lose it. There's no getting it back. There's no getting it back. I was at a ministerial meeting this past week, 
And the devotional thought was presented to us. It was kind of, it's funny because I was working on the sermon and I was thinking these things through and these concepts and kind of this, this devotion kind of came out of nowhere and it kind of hit. I was like, that fits so nice. So I can't take credit for it. But who's been to Niagara Falls? Show me your hands. You've been to Niagara Falls. What a wild place, eh? Like so much water. Constantly. Constantly going down that 90 meter drop. And then swirling and swelling and spitting everywhere at the bottom. And it's such a visceral kind of experience being at those falls. It is unbelievable. But here's the nature of that waterfall. That waterfall is constantly changing. You look at that waterfall and you count, and it's a different waterfall. The water that was there one second is gone. Give, give it a minute, give it a minute, and that is a completely transformed waterfall. You walk away for five minutes and you come back. It is not the same waterfall. It's not the same water. That water's downriver. It's gone. That's time. That's the nature of time for every one of us. And Paul does such a masterful job of kind of mimicking the contrast made by Solomon in the Proverbs, by contrasting kind of the two sides of time. And in doing so, he gives us such hope. Verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He contrasts the wise versus the unwise. The one who walks in wisdom and the foolish. And this is kind of maybe where the metaphor of the waterfall breaks down. Yes, time is unstoppable and it waits for no man. But we can divert the flow of time with wisdom. You can divert the flow of time with wisdom. It's how we redeem the time. We can redeem the time and not be like the fool and the unwise allowing it to just flow past us just standing looking at it in awe and disbelief. Those who are wise among us divert the flow of time to the purpose of value, to the purpose of preferred future, to the purposes of the kingdom of God in and through their own lives. This is what it is to walk in wisdom. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come. So let me ask you again, where in your life is the Holy Spirit prompting you to apply wisdom. How are you spending your time? It's the most valuable resource you have. Where are you spending your time? Take an inventory. Why are you spending there? Does it match up with your values? Does where you're spending your time match up with taking steps towards that preferred future you have for yourself. And this is kind of a twofold call. It's an understanding that God is righteous and he's the judge. <laughs> and so wisdom's gonna begin with fearing the Lord because one day we're gonna stand before him 
And the scripture says we're going to give an account for how we spent the time he gave us. And I think that there is an element of fear in that. I, I, I don't think we should shy away from that concept of standing before a holy and righteous God and giving an account for how we spent our time in this world. It's a sobering thought, and it should be. And he's going to burn away the wheat from the chaff. He's going to assess the way we spend our time, the motives of the heart, all of those components. But he's so gracious. But I don't want to stand before him. With nothing to say, stuttering in his presence because I watched so much of my life just flow by. The picture of a preferred future is for those in Christ to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. I said it was twofold. I think for some of you, it's more nuanced. Maybe it's found in those places of a more specific revelation. And the question is, what kind of a future is God painting for you? What are the gifts he's given you? What are the talents? What is he calling you to? Where is he calling you to serve others? Where is he calling you to wash feet in humility? Where is he calling you to invest the resource of time for his kingdom's sake? Because wisdom redeems the time. And it's informed by God's will. So Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts today? Lord, as we consider our lives, We sit in your presence and we say, search us and know us. Help us with that process of evaluation, taking inventory of the resources you've given us. Forgive us for those places, Lord, where we have squandered time. We need your grace and your strength, your perspective your understanding, which is so much greater than ours. In those places of general revelation, as in your word, explain to us, Lord, help us to align our hearts and our minds to that biblical worldview. To those places of nuance, those places of specific revelation for our individual lives. Help us to hear your voice to hear your call and your plans and your purposes for us. Bring people of wisdom where we can be in community together seeking these ends. Help us redeem the time, Lord. We thank you for it.
What a gift to have the time you've given us. Help us steward it well. In Jesus' name, amen.